Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, March 27th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's story on the bottom of page 18. Today's um, today's readers are Wendy M, Meg F, Becky K, Libby E, Mara Z. The reference number for yesterday's special edition is 9765, and for Monday, 7 a.m., is 9765. Amy, we don't hear you. Amy Star One. I somehow muted or did someone mute the line? Are we okay? You're good. Go ahead. We can hear you now. Okay. Should I start at the preamble or go back? Preamble. Okay, great. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Libby E. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Libby. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Good morning. I'm Libby E. and I'm a compulsive eater in New York. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. 
I will now ask for Mara Z to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Mara. Thank you for your service, Amy. 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Mara. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 again to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And please don't speak on speakerphone. Today we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in Bill's, I'm sorry, in There is a Solution on page 18 at the bottom fourth paragraph, starting with the italics of the ex-problem drinker, and I will ask for Wendy M. to please get started. Go ahead, Wendy. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Very excited to be on the line. Thank you, Amy G., for your service. Um, But the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. That the man who is making the approach has had the same difficulty, that he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect, that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude of holier-than-thou, 
nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. These are the conditions we have found most effective. After such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. So again, hi, I'm Wendy. I'm uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, I love this paragraph. Um, and thank you, God, for being inspiring others to write it. Um, the first thing I want to say is that I spent my life using people. Absolutely. Since I was a little kid, would you do my homework? If I'm nice to that person, I'll get what I want. It was always using people. I had motives. I had conditions. I had expectations, which I find out are planned resentment. Um, a big part of my story is that you owe me. And the other part is, I owe you. Um, what can I get? What do you want? What do I want? Um, I was not just a people pleaser. I was an enraged people pleaser. Um, I was so angry about having to please people. Um, and I did it because I, I thought that was the only way to control you. It was the only way to get what I want. But your job ultimately is to take care of me. Um, and this world that they're talking about here, this world where I get to walk again, I mean, I'm home, I get to walk again. And that's the hope I want to share with people, especially if you're struggling and having a hard time, you can do this program. If I can do it, you can do it. I'm neutral with food. The food is down. And now I get to learn how to interact with other human beings. Um, but it says here, essentially, it's the traditions when it says, um, the sincere desire to be helpful. There's no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please. Oh, my God, what freedom I had when I walked into these rooms. I was like in the opposite world of what I had experienced my entire life. Um, you know, I spent time, like I said, using people. And this is about not using anyone. And what the traditions here do for me is they make it a very safe place. And there's nothing like it. I, you walk in, and like I said the other day, it's like, um, it's like a technicolor, and it's three-dimensional. And it's a completely different world um, from sort of the black and white, the two dimensions that it's coming from. Um, and what that does when that we have these, these particular conditions, these traditions, actually, is that it creates a freedom I'd never experienced before. This means that I don't have to think about getting something from my sponsee or she doesn't have to think about what she can get from me. Um, you know, and when I, when I mess up, I can go into holier than now. When I started the um, vision for you, big book study, I was in holier than now at meetings. I absolutely was. I thought I was the only one who had the answer unless you did it exactly the way I do. And what I'm finding out is that I can use that set aside prayer and find out that, in fact, there's many ways to get to God, many, many ways to get to God. But you walk into a room, and nobody's looking for nothing. We're not looking for anything from each other. And that freedom allows me also that trust, that trust between me and my sponsee or my sponsor. Um, and uh, there's no ulterior motive. And I've, I've never experienced anything so free in my life. And it's I love how the traditions, you can also take them out to your world, to your family, to your workplace. Um, it's just incredibly freeing. Um, and then because we get this freedom, um, you know, and, and it says here again, the word helpful, you know, we're here to be 
helpful. That's it. I love that. I have no other, like, instructions. When I talked to my sponsee this morning, I have no other instructions. And I don't have to be holier than now and, and preach at her. All I'm told to do is share my experience, strength, and hope. That's it. It is a really easy program. It's a very simple program, but it's a brilliant, a brilliant program. And the traditions are absolutely brilliant. They're absolutely freeing. And because of this, we can take up our beds and walk again. And that, I hope, is the experience for everybody on this line. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Wendy. Who else would like to share, uh, keeping your focus on that second paragraph that was read? Please go ahead. Becky K. All right, Becky. Sylvia, Tina R. Sylvia, Tina R. Anybody else? I thought I heard somebody else in there. Carrie K. Gina R. Carrie K. All right. We've got Becky, Sylvia, Gina, and Carrie K. Let's go ahead with those four. Go ahead, Becky. Hi, this is Becky Kay. Can you hear me okay? I hear you very well. Thank you. Thank you, Amy, for your service. I'm uh, Becky Kay, com- uh, compulsive, uh, recovered compulsive overuter in Maryland, and uh, really grateful to, to be on the line today. This paragraph, um, to me, resonates on how to serve, how to serve others. When Amy kicked off today's Vision for You, in the preamble, it states that we are reading this big book um, to understand the directions of the big book. And so I view this as sort of a textbook, directions of, of what I need to do, how I need to do it, when I need to do it. And this is a great paragraph in terms of how to serve. And when it says here, we have no attitude of holier than thou, that really it resonates with me the principle of humility, that I am neither above no one or below no one, that I'm on par with everyone, and that I have to remember that. And if I scoot down the paragraph, it, it gives me specific directions on how to serve. You know, I, I shouldn't have any access to grind, no one to please, no lectures to be endured. Very succinctly, three specific um instructions to me as was previously mentioned I too was a people pleaser and if I wasn't trying to please you then I was also trying to lecture you even when I think I knew best even when my motives were pure and and healthy I thought okay I know what to do and I'm going to share with you what to do and how to do it but here it says that and I have it highlighted in my book here the sincere desire to be helpful Well, if I'm going to be helpful, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to please you or lecture you. And and I really find that these are, 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 you know, simple principles, but not always easy to implement. And so I have to work really hard to follow the directions of these big books. But here are my, my, um, my marching orders. You know, I don't pay any fees, I don't grind any axes, I don't please anybody, et cetera. And then at the end, it says, if I do all this, then I can take up my bed and walk again. 
Well, that's just a cute little way of when we're sick, you know, we're usually stuck in our beds. But here it's saying if you follow these these simple principles, you're going to heal. You're going to pick yourself up and move. And later on in the big book, it it talks about service and how service really helps us maintain our sobriety or our abstinence. But in order to serve, we have to pay attention to these specific requirements. Um, and, And I just try to do that each and every day. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Becky. Okay, Sylvia, it is your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, this is Sylvia F., Recover Compulsive Overeater in um, Northern California. And here I'm setting my timer. Um, so, uh, boy, I love this meeting and I love uh, hearing all these new voices on the mind and, um, and the reading. So what I got out of the reading today was that... Um, so what they're talking about is someone, uh, the man who's making the approach, has ha- has this disease and has had a spiritual and psychic change. This is a recovered person who's able to carry this message, and um, and 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 that what they're describing is what the motives are now of that recovered person, and. For me, I am so aware of the difference of who I was compared to who I am now, one day at a time. And I also can feel when, I'm, when I slip, slip in terms of my spiritual and um, psychic progress. And so one of the things that happened to me on Saturday, I went to a speaker meeting and we were already into the serenity prayer and I was suddenly asked, to be of service and be the speaker for 15 minutes. And um, boy, I, I, I remember when I came into program and, you know, I was abstinent. I wasn't recovered yet, but I was working the steps and how I could get so much up in my head about wanting to have the perfect share and wanting people to think well of me and wanting to show you how, how well I could speak about program. You know, it just up up in my head, self, total self. And, um, and so what it's like now um, is that uh, when, when I was asked, you know, I was glad to do service and I was aware that all I was being asked to do was to carry the message and it was so not about me. And that is the freedom, you know, I, I, I'm always looking at my motive when I'm doing something. If my motive is pure and aligned with God, I get the freedom. You know, I, I, after such approach, many take up their beds and walk again. I can walk again. I can be free if my motives are aligned with God, who God would have me be and what God would have me do. And, um, and how do I get there? I get there by practicing these steps every day and practicing uh, these principles in all my affairs. And, you know, this is, this is a program that we just do every day. I never understood that, but it's simply an everyday program, and then I get the freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. Gina. Gina, go good ahead. Morning. Gina R. Good morning. This is Gina R., recovered in Colorado. I'm at my timer. 
Wow, there's um, a couple things that are really jumping out at me here, and um, I'm going to start at the end of the paragraph first, and that is, after such an approach, many take up their beds and walk again. And I'm not a big book historian, but um, later I'm going to actually look that up, but it just sounds so familiar to me. Um, from someplace else that is, um, I think, rooted in my own particular faith tradition, that concept of picking up your bed and walking again. And um, while I have not been somebody who um, lays in bed, and my my approach to feeling like I, I can't do it is to get up and get busy and be self-sufficient. I've not been that person who kind of um, wallows around and is slothful. I I go the exact opposite extreme, and I'm not saying it's better. It's just it's probably just as bad. Um, but in thinking about what my memory is of where that reference could be alluding to is um, the idea that. It's when we have an understanding in our own minds and we make that decision to pursue the miracle, that's that's the only time we can do it. And that's what that means to me is to pick up your mat and walk again. It's like, okay, you have heard this message from somebody in whom the problem has been solved. They are bringing the solution to you. You now have a choice to receive this information and then make the decision for yourself to do it. And that's all it is. It's the decision to do it right then and then take that next step in that action. Um, the other part in here that um, is jumping out at me is the holier than thou piece. And I can remember back several years where I got a um, job review, a performance review, where I pretty much got excellent marks on everything. But in the comment section, my reviewer told me that um, in, in one particular instance, he had observed me being self-righteous. And that really made me angry. And of course I was in the, in the throes of this illness and I didn't have the grace or um, ability to, to see that. And I do now. I do now know that I had a holier-than-thou attitude. And even though I wasn't walking in the solution, I knew what the solution was for everybody, and I didn't have any problem telling you about it. And so I came from a place um, that wasn't grounded in my own experience. It was grounded in my own um, conception of an experience. And that's all I needed was a conception of an experience. I didn't actually have to do any of this. I just needed to know about it. Thank you, God, for humbling, providing humbling experiences for me a year ago where the food was able to take me down and I was able to reach out, touch somebody in whom the problem had been solved, and they simply told me, pick up your mat and get going. That I pass. Thank you, Gina. Carrie Kay, you're up. Good morning. This is Carrie Kay, newly recovered in Boulder, Colorado. 
I actually have this passage underlined in my big book because it so clearly outlines for me the fellowship and the support of the fellowship and the service provided by each one of us to somebody else, whether it's a sponsee or reaching out to a newcomer or what you hear as a newcomer. There's no judgment. Nobody says, well, why don't you just stop eating? Or let me tell you what I did to stop eating. I only ate grapefruit and tomato soup, and only on every other Thursday under a full moon was I allowed to eat a carbohydrate. Or, oh, if you just exercised, or you have such a pretty face. We've all heard all of those. But in this fellowship, there is no judgment. People can share freely knowing they're talking to other people who suffer from the same disease that they do. And no matter what somebody shares, I've never seen a look of judgment on anyone's face who's listening. And believe me, I've looked. I just think that the ability we have to reach out to other people who suffer with this disease that we do is such a gift because as the big book says, listening to it from someone who knows where you're coming from, there's just nothing else like it. And knowing you can be honest with somebody else, you can be honest with yourself, which is even harder, and you're still welcome. And there's somebody to reach out to when you're having a good day, and there's somebody to reach out to when you're having a bad day. And I can't think of any other system that has such wonderful foundations as what this paragraph describes. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie Kay. Who would else like to? Who else would like to share on what was read? Please go ahead. Meg. Kathleen. I. Kathleen. Kathleen o. There was someone else in there I missed. Christine M. Christine M. John K. John K. Kathleen R. Sherry KB. Uh, okay, I've got Sherry KB, and then there was somebody else I missed. Kathleen, did I hear? Or no? Colleen R. Colleen R. Okay, great. We've got Meg F., Kathleen O., Christine M., John K., Sherry KB, Colleen R. Was there someone else that wanted to chime in? All right, we'll get going with that. Meg, you are up. Rocky I. Oh, okay. Was it Rocky? Hi. All right, let's go ahead, Meg. Hi, this is Meg, recovered in California. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service, Amy. I um, was reading this paragraph, thinking about it last night, and um, approach, that the man who is making the approach, so I looked up approach, And it just simply says, um, well, to come over to someone. But then it says, you know, to speak to someone for the first time about something. And, of course, we'd all, as has been mentioned, have all been talked to about, could you do this? Could you do that? Could you eat less? Could you go running for 400 miles? Um, We've all been talked to about so many things. But this is like a first time that we've been approached by someone with whom the problem had been solved. And then... 
that that person's whole deportment, you know, their behavior, their manners, that they said that they they had a real answer, that they didn't have to be holier than thou. They didn't have to push it. They they simply had a quiet answer. And listening to people say that, um, you know, freedom is when you know that something's already working, that you can tell when you're on and off in your program, when things are are safe and you feel comfortable and you don't have to, to shove. I have spent most of my life shoving, pushing, wanting. You know, I've gotten a lot done, but it doesn't, it, the serenity was missing. Um, a sincere desire to be helpful. That is also just like really a priceless thing to just be helpful, not to be right, not to be better, not to be smart, you know, but just to be helpful. And then what I also noticed about the paragraph, I don't know if I have it right, but there's like no par, there's no periods until the very last sentence. It's like, do this and this and this and this and this and this. It's sort of like very sweet about, come on, you guys, there's nothing to do but love here. And I did uh, look up, quote, on Google uh, approach, take up your beds and walk again. And um, I do not know the Bible, but it says John 5, 8. And it says that there's a, um, no one will help me into the pool, the sick man says, who can't walk. And then Jesus says, uh, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man was made well. And I know nothing about um, these, I don't know how to even say it, like the Bible, I don't know about it. But I do know that there is something very special about, about this book and the universe saying there's something different here and this could work. And that's such an extreme. And I just really thank Bill for, for believing the way Bill believed. I don't necessarily at all. I don't think anybody knows how anybody else believes. But I don't know how Bill believed, but certainly there's a real depth in his belief of something that he believed that he would put that line in the paragraph. That's my thought about it anyway. And I just really appreciate being on the line with all of you. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Meg. Kathleen O. You're up. Good morning, Amy. Thank you. This is Kathleen O. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And if it sounds like I'm in a Disney movie with the birds in the background, I'm actually in Sedona, Arizona. There's a lot of birds here. Um, so, yeah, like the previous person said, um, that's a take up, take up your beds and walk is a biblical, a biblical um, phrase. And here's this man, you know, who was not far from the healing pools. He wasn't well, and he needed to get the healing pools, and he wasn't far from it, and waiting for someone else to do it for him. And kind of like me, when I, when I uh, came in, I thought food and weight was my problem. Um, you know, poor me, poor me, poor me another venti frappuccino. Um, I wanted the magic wand to be waved and someone to do it for me. So this whole expression is, you know, his master teacher said, pick up your bed and walk. You know, you can do it yourself. And so all, you know, there are, there are clear-cut um, directions in this program. Um, that, that whole expression is really leaving behind old perceptions, habits, attitudes that no longer serves me. Um, that diet mentality didn't work. I tried it for decades. And, you know, there was a message of depth and weight. You know, people, 
people in these rooms understood what it was like to not be able to stop once I started. And, and, it, and the problem wasn't the food and weight. It was the solution, but it wasn't the problem. And all I needed was guidance. There's hundreds of people on this line that can guide us. Um, and I had, you know, I had to get a power greater than myself and follow these clear-cut directions, and I was able to find the solution. Um, we're so lucky and we're so blessed to hear the message on this meet, on these meetings every day and to get to the point of no longer fighting anyone or anything, including the food, is clearly a miracle. And thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Christine M., your turn, please. Star one down mute, Christine. Oh, okay. Thank you so much, Amy. This is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. So um, what stands out to me where it says that the man who is making the pro approach has the same difficulty, though he obviously knows what he is talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. And I looked up deportment, and it says manners or behavior. So his whole behavior shouts at the new prospect that he is a man with a real answer. And I am so grateful that um, the person who made the approach had the same difficulty and um, knew what they were talking about. And, you know, if someone would have came to me just from a, you know, um, just because they read it in a book or something like that, that's, that's, you know, or a family member saying, you know, Christine, it really hurts me to see you like this, you know, um, that's for all the emotional appeal. That wasn't enough for me, you know, it seldom suffices. And so, you know, the depth and weight coming from a person who had actually walked where I was walking and um, had gotten recovered and got to the other side and living in 10, 11, and 12 and got a true spiritual connection and was in a position of neutrality with the food um, and they knew what they were talking about um, was, was the depth and weight and also the um, them taking me through the doctor's opinion and, you know, um, sharing exactly, you know, um, helping me to see exactly what was wrong with me. You know, that I was different bodily and mentally and that I was spiritually sick and that the food was but a symptom. Um, I'm so grateful for that because, um, you know, if someone would have came to me um, without that depth and weight, the first thing I would have said was, you don't know what you're talking about. If you if you had my problems, you'd eat too. Because I was in that, that you know, bitter morass of self-pity and when someone came to me which and who the problem had been solved, it took my excuses away because it was like, okay, well, if they can do this, you know, why why can't I? You know, if they can get recovered, you know, with the help of their higher power and the work of the steps is outlined in the book, then, you know, what's 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 keeping me from doing that? So it's an equal opportunity program, and for a long time I didn't understand that. I thought that somehow I was worse than everyone else, and that, that kept me in the food for a long time. So um, sharing that um, the common peril but also that common solution, you know, these work of the 12 steps is just so powerful, and I'm just so grateful to be on this line with you guys this morning. And thank you so much. Have a great day, and I pass. Thank you, Christine M. And before we move on to John K., I just would like to take a moment here from a word from our sponsors. 
Drum roll, please. Power of the Big Book Convention 2017. That's what Vision for You presents. September 15th to the 17th at the Marriott Liberty International Airport in northern New Jersey. So for all things convention, including the community bulletin board and contact info for questions, please check out our website at www.avisionforyou.info. That's a vision number four u.info. You can register there. Also book your hotel room. So please spread the good news, and we hope to see your wonderful face there. Okay, back to our program, John Kay. Let's keep rolling. Uh, good morning. I'm John Kiernan, a recovered compulsive overeater from Los Angeles. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you well. Thank you. Great, great. Thanks. Uh, you know, that sentence, the man who is make, has making the approach has had the same difficulty and obviously knows what he's talking about. You know, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, uh, those of you who may have, may have heard me before, one of my favorite pieces of literature, in addition to the big book, is this uh, pamphlet that's actually part of AA. And unfortunately, it doesn't get seen in OA meetings a lot, but it is all AA literature, is OA-approved literature. It was written by a gentleman who, a longtime AA person, who was actually delivering a talk to non-AA people, uh, people who are going to become substance abuse counselors. And that pamphlet is great because it essentially just restates the big book, but in terms some people can hear. In this section of the big book, he speaks about, and I just want to read it because he says it so much better than me. He says, much more important than what was said that evening, and by that evening he means Bill and Bob meeting, was who was saying it. Long before the average alcoholic walks through the doors of his first AA meeting, he has sought help from others or has had help offered to him, and in some instances forced upon him. But these helpers were always superior beings, spouses, parents, physicians, employers, priests, ministers, rabbis, swamis, judges, policemen, and even bartenders. The moral culpability of the alcoholic and the moral superiority of the helper, even though unstated, are always clearly understood. The overtone of parental disapproval and discipline of these authority figures is always present. For the first time, 33 years ago, an alcoholic suddenly heard a different drummer. Instead of that constant menacing rat-tat-tat of, this is what you should do, he heard the instantly recognizable voice saying, this is what I did. And that, to me, made all the difference when I came in. And, you know, after I was in my first program for a while, I actually got in uh, and started working 12-step work, and we actually were given sort of a lesson in how to do it. And the one thing they said is when you show, when we used to go to people's houses, uh, you just tell a really short version of your story and then get quiet. Let that person talk. And again, has been said here, um, it is, uh, uh, you know, it, it's so important that it, we be peers. And that's all we are. No matter how much time we have, we're still fighting the same thing. We're all still just one let go away. You know, we're hanging on different floors of the building, but we're all just one let go away. And uh, I had a speaker at Serenity Sunday yesterday. Um, and he had that great, there's a great story in the, uh, AA, uh, it's in AA meetings, it's not in the book anyway, uh, of the uh, person who falls into the hole, uh, you know, in the sidewalk, and he can't get out, and he keeps yelling for help, and a priest comes along, and he says, Father, can you help me? And the priest writes down a prayer and throws it in the hole for him. 
And then uh, a doctor comes along and he says, hey, I need help. And the doctor writes a prescription and throws it down the hole to him. And then uh, he keeps yelling for help and then his buddy comes along and says, I need help, Joe. And the guy jumps in the hole with him. And he says, Joe, what the heck, are you stupid? Now there's two of us are in the hole. And Joe says, yeah, I know, but I've been in this hole before and I know the way out. And to me, you know, that's what this program's about. One person who's been in the hole, who knows the way out, can help the other out of it. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you, John Kay. Uh, Sherry KB, it is your turn. Hi. Good morning, Amy. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Can you hear me well? Yes, please go ahead. Thank you. Okay, just make sure I'm on my timer. Um, so I, this paragraph is total instruction on how to be, um, how to approach somebody or, or let them approach you and how your demeanor is supposed to be. Um, you know, the first thing that jumps out at me is the holier-than-thou thing. Um, that is such a turnoff. I remember talking to people who were holier-than-thou, and I didn't want what they had, that's for sure. And so it's a sincere desire to be helpful, um, to relate, to identify in. Um, I've been to places that I had to pay fees. I've been to places that I got lectured. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't like to be lectured. Um, and um, that's the last thing I want to do. And I always think of based on attraction rather than promotion. And so, you know, I've gone to meetings, heard speakers, um, talked to them, gotten their experience, strength, and hope. And, you know, usually it's someone who's said some of my story, um, something that I've related to. And I, I believe it's all about identifying in. Um, I've ran into people who, who've seen me since I've lost a lot of weight, and they're like, you know, what are you doing, and how did you do this? And, um, you know, I think of um, when it says here that these are the conditions we have found most effective. So it's it's saying to be based on attraction rather than promotion, to not try to shove down and no axis to grind, not shoving something down somebody's throat and just letting them ask the questions and just being available. And um, what speaks volumes to me is that the conditions that we have are in this book. We, we're, we know we have directions, we have um, promises, we have uh, guidelines, we have how directions to have to live the rest of our lives. And um, I just absolutely, I think people picked up on that, not just the weight loss, but the energy, the 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 bright look in, in, in your eyes that, you know, there's something going on there that goes a lot deeper than what I've seen before. And I think that's the important piece, too, is is the effectiveness that comes across. And I know that when I talk about this book, when I'm in a meeting, when I'm in a face-to-face OA meeting, I, my heart is so full to talk about what works in this book, how I've gone through it. And a lot of people come up and talk to me and ask me questions about it. And they've seen the changes in me. And I think that's the important piece is that it's my demeanor and how I come across. And that, you know, yes, I've been a people pleaser and I'm trying to stop doing that. But it's also not to lecture either. Um, and to to have a sincere desire to help someone, and to say, hey, here's the way, and come on down. If there's anything I can do, so that I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Colleen R, your turn. 
Good morning. My name is Colleen R., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Thank you so much for your service. Um, making my way still each day through my amends list. Uh, I love this paragraph so much at the point where I am in these steps as well as, um, well, I just love, I love it today and I'm understanding why people love, why people revere this book so much. Um, I have lived uh, with a sincere desire not to be helpful, although it, there was a disguise to be helpful at times, and um, I, I really always wanted something out of someone, a desire to come out on top, to be helped, to be served, and ultimately a sincere desire to be saved. Um, and in in making amends and um, and following directions of my sponsor every day, um, who is not my higher power, but indeed a loving and wise guide. Um, I, I do not feel holier than now when I meet the people whom I have wronged. I feel the humility that God is, is, is developing in me, the rendering of my heart and mind. And I have touches of the old shame I felt. And instead of that being disca- discouraging to me, instead of responding with a holier-than-thou attitude to sort of retaliate and get my way, I, um, I'm i encouraged um, to keep going because it is painful um, to revisit the old mindset. And um, I just keep taking directions, and they come from this book and the people who bring the pages to life humbly and wisely. I looked up the definition of holy today, and it said dedicated to God's um, sacred, devoted to the service of God. And for me, uh, God is, is one of my own understanding and beyond my understanding. Um, so instead of holier than now, devoted to other people that I think are holier than now or thinking I'm holier than now, I simply reside in the holy, which is the big book of Alcoholics, <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous and the Fellows in the fellowship and uh, in my higher power in these steps. Um, and I'm grateful for the people in my life who have been holier than now because they too are my teachers. They're my reminders. And um, uh, yeah, I just thank God that, that this program allows me to leave the audacities and arrogance of knowing everything or anything and simply uh, following directions um, it is holy, and I am ever grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Colleen R. Uh, Rocky I. R- Rocky, I might be butchering your name. Forgive me, but go ahead. Press start. Good morning. Good morning. Now you got it right. Rocky I in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, recovered compulsive overeating eater. Um, I love this reading, but the ex-problem drinker, I am the ex-problem compulsive eater. I have found the solution. I am properly armed with the facts about myself. I can generally win entire confidence of another compulsive eater in a few hours, until, and people do understand me. So I leave this. I picked up my bed and walked again. I've been in recovery for 30 months. 
today and I've lost 100 pounds at Miracle. Um, and it's just amazing. It never dawned on to me that, uh, oh, you can use the spiritual solution. You can use God. Who knew? Uh, not until I um, came across a, a truly recovered person uh, that he was able to mentor me through this and teach me. And um, I tell you, I did not know what I was in for. Uh, program, the steps have um, blessed my my life, turned my life around. And so today I, um, I have a new perspective. I do uh, say that I work for God and that my whole purpose, I think it's on page 74. I don't have my book right in front of me, but... Um, where he talks about that we have a new employer and and that that's that is the 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 state of mind that I am today. Um, I love my steps. I I do them every day, all of them. I get up, you know, I pray, I meditate, I read, I write. I'm part of a meeting. Um, I live in the solution, and the more I do it, the more I want it. Just like the craving, and so. Uh, just very, very thankful for this, very thankful that there is a 7 o'clock meeting because, to be honest, I had to step in the 4 in the morning wake up kind of thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah, the higher power provides, and um, this is proof. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm going to jump in here. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Maryland. I always have to smile about this attitude of holier than thou uh, because you know what? My best thinking almost got me dying, uh, almost killed me of this disease. Holier than thou, how can I stand in judgment for something that uh, was for someone else? I mean, when I share my story of what it was like to another compulsive overeater that's still suffering, I can't stand in judgment because I've been where they've been. I, I can say to you, I've been where you are. I've done what you've done more or less or whatever, I know what it feels like. People see what compulsive overeating does to us, but we know between you and I, when I'm sharing with you, we know what it does for us, and we understand what it's done to us. And when I share that, how can I stand in judgment? I truly believe, in my humble opinion, if we work this, these steps, we understand that without a higher power, we're doomed. And that was certainly the case for me. I didn't do this on my own. I didn't fix myself. And oh, by the way, I only have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of staying hooked into a power greater than myself. How can I be holier than thou? I only share because I want to be the other person in the hole that John was talking about and saying, look, I'm not all that. I'm, I'm just another bozo on the bus. But we have a common, a common solution that done repeatedly and duplicated over and over to the point of miraculous results. I mean, this reference of the uh, pick up your bed and walk again is a biblical reference to a miracle that one of the many miracles uh, that are described in the Bible. We, if we are effective, or if we are effective of carrying the message of these 12 steps, not my message, the message of the 12 steps, then we can be the carriers, the message bearers of a message that creates miracles. I know someone carried a message to me, and I'm a miraculous result of that. Not because I, I'm all that, but because I was willing to work the steps. 
And now I turn around and how do I be most effective? Again, as others had said, when I'm recovered and my whole deportment shouts that I have the real answer. And what is the answer? Not me. It's this program. It's these 12 steps. It's a higher power. And my whole deportment shouts it because I know something that has been done for me that I could not do for myself. Did I have to put in blood, sweat, and tears? Absolutely. But I only did the footwork. The results were my higher power and by the grace of God of this program. There is no holier than thou. I just carry a message of depth and weight that is absolutely and positively miraculous. If I can do it, you can do it. One day at a time, we do this. This program is stronger than this disease. And with that, I will pass. And we have room for actually one more share. Who would like to chime in and round this out? Kenny L. Kenny L. Go ahead, Kenny. Yes. Thank you. I'm on the road on my way home from uh, school, and it's been wonderful to hear everyone's shares today um, in my first year of recovery. And uh, in relation to the paragraph that was read today, the things that uh, I'm so grateful for are that I have a sponsor that has continuously uh, shared her experience, strength, and hope and opened me up to the um, all the aspects of overeating and the addiction. And uh, as a result, I live so much more freely today. Um, the other thing that I question uh, is uh, there have been, I, sometimes I get confused, but for me, my higher power has no religious affiliation. My higher power is not found in um, a book that was written in another religion. And uh, as far as I understand, there is no affiliation with religion in this program. And that's something that I've had to cultivate for myself to find what is my higher power and what is the spiritual aspect of my higher power without relationship to the religion I was brought up in um, because that religion was harmful to me. And I think that to confuse religion with spirituality is harmful in this program with respect to how other people find and keep their abstinence. For myself, I also have the question, do I call myself recovered or am I still recovering? And why do I hear the word recovered when we're living by a 12-step program that as far as I understand is never ending? Does that mean that I have I have completed suffering? Does that mean I have completed the work? Does that mean I don't have to work anymore? I'm recovered? Does that mean I've been released from the addiction? So these are things that um, come up for me and they kind of, um, they're frustrating because I'm struggling with understanding um, and, and working hard in this program. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. And on that note, we are going to wrap things up. Thank you, everyone, for a wonderful meeting. I'd like to thank everyone who's shared, everyone who has read, uh, Wendy M., Meg F., Becky K., Libby E., Maura Z. And now we're going to close with a reading of the Serenity Prayer. And Meg F., if you would please read that, that would be great. Hi, this is Meg F. Can I be heard? Yes, please go ahead. Um, our book is meant to be suggested only we realize we know only a little 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you can't transmit, cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.